Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15. This episode is also brought to you by Verb Moto. Verb Moto, one of the official sponsors of the Big MX Radio Podcast uh, for uh, as long as basically they continue to uh, uh, keep kicking out the jams uh, on their website. Basically, re-kicked that thing off last Friday. Really excited about it uh, for all the things that's been going on with those guys, Wes, uh, and all those guys. They're gonna probably put out some content featuring the young man that's on the other line. He's a repeat offender, and he's got two podiums in uh, in about a seven-day spirit period, uh, which is not too bad whatsoever. He's back racing uh, at uh, a full bill of health. His name is Colt Nichols. He's the style master. How's it going? It's going well. I like that. But uh, we're doing good, my man. We're doing good. Awesome, my friend. Well, welcome back to pro racing. Uh, a, a whole lot more, a longer removed than we expected you to be um, after, uh, obviously, a pretty successful finish to uh, the 2019 season uh, and a season that saw you uh, lead points on the uh, on the on the West Coast for Supercross. Fully expected to see you uh, maybe get a little bit of time uh, on Supercross before the season was out uh, on the East Coast, but then this COVID nineteen thing shows up again, puts you on hold, and then you get to, you're gonna get some gate drops um, prior to the uh, the end of the season here, rolling into what will probably be an abbreviated outdoor schedule. Um, where do we begin with you? Um, yeah, wherever you want, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, let's of, talk uh, about what sidelined you. What, what, what the, the shoulder injury? We talked a little bit about it off, way, off air. I'm sorry to have you uh, repeat yourself here, but uh, um, what was the shoulder issue that had you completely out, and then eventually allowed you to uh, come back to uh, to racing with a full bill of health? Yeah, it was a uh, just an unfortunate little practice crash, really. That took yeah, all we were just kind of messing around on some outdoors before we dove into riding supercross actually and uh yeah just crashed popped my shoulder out of place and had to have surgery on it and uh had to have a bank art repair which is kind of an interesting surgery but um it went really well and yeah just tried to start the recovery process you know and hit it as hard as i could for um as long as i could really yeah, just to try to make sure we were covering all the ground that we needed to and it was just a long process. It took a lot longer than I thought. But uh, overall, I'm really glad I kept up with it and did everything we could and feel strong now and, you know, able to compete and go out there and race for podiums and hopefully try to get, you know, a race win by the time this season's all said and done. But, uh, yeah, COVID is really unfortunate, man. It, it sucks. Everyone got sick and um, halted our progress along with any other sports in America So and across the world. But, uh, now that we got to go again, it was it was time to take off and got my opportunity to go to a race, which I wasn't going to get before that. But um, no, it's been good, man. I'm just really happy to catch any drops and try to get uh, a little more racing under my belt, really, and you know try to build myself up a little bit before we head to the outdoors and uh, get it get it going there. Absolutely, I think this uh, this little uh, like supercross taste test for you is just the what you need uh, to sort of get you revved up to go outdoors. Obviously, uh, in my opinion, I think uh, your skill set maybe lends it better to, uh, to to racing in the stadiums. Although you have shown uh, success uh, outdoors as well, uh, some gate drops never hurts anybody, and uh, I think a couple of podiums uh, certainly where you want to be. Maybe a couple steps closer to the front, um, like. 
like where would you grade your sort of your riding and your finishes so far? You seem like you're actually a little bit frustrated with your finishes so far. Although there's a lot of people who, uh, if like, although I'm sure you'd love to win these races, but uh, like two po- or yeah, two podiums out of your first three races, uh, it's nothing to sneeze at. There's a few guys that would love to be in that position. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely not to see that. It's always it's always nice to to be on the podium, regardless. You know? Yeah, it's a good feeling. You know, you get to get a paycheck and you know, kind of prove you're one of the best guys. You know, on the coast. But more frustration from from last night. Really, you know, the first race was unfortunate with uh, getting together with a few guys. But uh, yeah, it's just I, I feel like I'm, I'm a little better than kind of what I've been riding so far. Uh, last night really to be honest with you so it's more about just making sure I'm riding to my I feel like I didn't really do that and it's just it's kind of tough in my situation because you know I'm coming into a championship late and granted there's a little bit of a break before we came to Utah but still you know Chase and uh, Shane are riding at you know high championship intensity and really really pushing the limits and I'm kind of going in there like well I don't really have much to, to gain or to lose, you know, I'm kind of just there, so uh, for me it's tough, and you know, I'm in a position too where if I can, you know, try to help my teammate out, I certainly won. Uh, that's something that's kind of been coming to the forefront, you know, the, the past few races, and uh, kind of an interesting situation, really, but uh, no, I mean, I, I want to win races, you know, I'm a competitor, I want to go out competing, I just want to be in the battle with these two, I know they're riding really well, but um, I, I want to go out there and win, I proved that if I went into this thing, I would have been a contender. If not, you know, maybe favorite for it. So uh, that was kind of my mindset coming in, and uh, you know, like a little up and down. Some races good, some bad. Out of uh, you know the first three so far, we got a few more to go, and hopefully, I can stand on the top seven of that podium in one of these and be satisfied with that. Absolutely. Now, uh, not this last weekend, or like not this last Sunday, but on the Wednesday night, you grab yourself a whole shot, uh, and I believe you're the first. Uh, you, you led the first lap of the 250 main uh, yourself, and a familiar foe, someone you probably log in a lot of laps with uh, on, on during the weekdays. Uh, Shane McElrath. He was currently uh, a couple of points down, uh, and ended up getting a share of the lead on that particular round. Um, like. Like obviously, there's a lot of comfortability in that, but also, um, like, how sort of uh, hesitant were you to sort of um, completely just go for it and actually challenge uh, Shane for that uh, particular race win? Uh, was there any uh, team directions that if if it's Shane, you kind of got to let him by because he's the one that's going for the championship? How'd that surely shake out for you? And uh, that's got to be a kind of a tough pill to swallow, uh, knowing that if. if you know damn well you could have gone and, and, and won that thing that uh, sort of, uh, you got to sort of step aside a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's that's, you know, the benefit of, of being on a good team. You know, there's good riders and uh, really good bike and it helps the position. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's just kind of the way, the way it works. You know, it's unfortunate. And uh, at times, you know, whenever I felt like I could do this or that, I, I know I'm kind of stuck, you know, even. On Wednesday, you know, I knew Shane was right behind me, and no matter what, I was going to second that race, and that was just the way it was going to be, you know, no matter how, how well I rode or how bad I rode, I felt like we had a good gap. I had second pretty comfortable, but when it came down to it on the on the last lap, you know, I kind of would, would have to pull the old teammate trick and uh, and be able to let, let him by, and 
he's got a much bigger picture than I do. You know, winning a race is, is important for me, but uh, for the team, winning a championship is huge. You know, so I can't help. I still will. And, you know, even in the mud, I got a different team. You know, Shane was in second on this past race. And I was kind of kind of stuck there, you know, no matter how good I rode, I was going to be in third, so uh, it's kind of, it's a weird moment to have like that, you know, it, it's kind of frustrating at times, but at the same time, you know, I, I really, really want Shane to win this championship and, uh, you know, be good for the team, and if I can help, I'm certainly going to, you know, and Wednesday worked out perfect, we went one and two, and was able to separate ourselves a little bit, uh, you know, I got some, some points taken away from Chase, and it worked out in our benefit, yeah, so, uh, I, I know he did me, it's just the way it was stuff sometimes and uh yeah i'm lucky i can get up in there and i compete and make it interesting out no we're doing that this race and that was frustrating but um it's all good man uh, i'm with where it is and what we're doing 100 percent, man like it, it's uh for the good of the team you have to uh sort of just uh like toe the line a little bit but yeah uh, you're, you're on the podium and you're moving forward. I assume that at some point, um, maybe a conversation needs to hap- happen where maybe Shane has to take you out for a, a couple of dinners, maybe take care of a few bills here and there out on the, when you guys are on the road, uh, maybe spring for, uh, uh, an upgrade on one of you guys' flights or something like that. I, I feel like something like that is in, in order. Uh, and I assume because Shane, of course, you know, an extremely aggressive, needs to win at all costs uh, type of guy. He's probably also talked to you uh, extensively about maybe like if the opportunity was to arise to basically uh, saw Chase Sexton's front wheel off. Um, those are the types of things that he would definitely be <laughs> wanting you to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, but it's you know, hard for any of the scenarios. It's always really play out. You know, I mean, I've been on this team for a while now. And, a long you know, time now. Team has been successful for, yeah, I mean, for three years, uh, they've been really successful and been in many championship hunts where the teammates have kind of played a role. And, you know, Jeremy Martin and their scam a few years ago, Coop was able to step in and kind of put seed there and, and help uh, Jeremy bring that thing home. So, uh, you know they, they know what they're doing. You know we've they, we've had talks about it. They they kind of know that they here and uh, for myself and for Shane and um, everybody involved. But no, it's been good, man. I don't really feel like I've I've been in a position yet where I've felt uh, held back. You know, just straight up didn't look good. You know, this past Sunday on Wednesday, Shane was better man. And he, you know, I was uh, got, got second. You know, so it's, it's not like a situation where I felt like I've been hindered by my you know, my performance is because of that or anything like that. In one of those situations where if I can't help, I will. And uh, if I'm in a position to do that and I'm riding well enough, then by all means. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's feeling good with what we're doing so far. I hope we can continue to get off the game and put some pressure on this thing and hopefully get can home. Absolutely, I, I hope that uh, it works out. That maybe uh, like the that West Coast uh, shout shootout—they're uh, not supposed to call it anymore. That to me, it's still a shootout. So uh, that comes along, and maybe you're able to grab uh, a win on that thing. That would maybe be the uh, the ultimate in wins for uh, the 2020 season, uh, capping off in uh, about a week and a half or two weeks' time. Uh, pretty wild to see. Like, has how has this uh, turnaround time been for you guys? Now you've done these three in a row. Probably the more most racing that you guys have done since you were probably kids, maybe racing some uh, some night races and stuff during the week. I don't really know what the that scene looked like for you guys growing up, but like, when was like, have you guys ever raced this frequently? Um, obviously, you guys ride a lot, but I, I tend to think that 
um, race pace is a little bit different from uh, from practicing on a Wednesday, no? No, definitely. It, it, it's definitely been an interesting schedule, but on I get it's pretty cool. Um, you know, we spent so much time at this track putting in so many laps, and it, it almost monotonous, you know, and uh, you have, you know, increased the more you ride and practicing, and just, it makes it tough sometimes, you know, and then the it, the only thing that's been weird is the normal schedule of, you know, off the bike, you know, the training from the gym, doing the gnarly cycles or the long cycles or, or whatever. Um, but I think I like it. I'm full race. So if we want to compete. I want to go out and try to put my best on it. Try to race wins. But the fact that we've had three races in seven Japan is honestly pretty cool. I really like it. I would be kind of keep to take this little break now. And um, it's still little, though. You know, it's only a point. Days and we're, we're right back in the game. So it's pretty cool, man. I, I, I've, I've enjoyed it so far and looking forward to the, to the race we got in 10 days. Yeah, like it actually kind of like, as much as it's probably a lot of work for you guys, and honestly, uh, quite a bit of work for myself as well, having to come up, keep up with podcasts that, like, uh, I basically have to get a bunch of interviews done uh, before they're basically irrelevant because the next race is happening, like, uh, uh, just like that. Um, yeah, basically a two race break, but yeah, 10 days right back at it. Uh, and then the final two rounds for you guys to, to round, wrap this thing up. Um, like how, how much nicer has it been at the races? I know you guys love the fans. You love interacting with the fans and you were one of the better guys to, to interact with fans. I, I definitely, uh, uh, would be in your autograph line if I, uh, I had that kind of time on race day but uh, how nice has it been having guys like myself but not bugging you throughout the day you never have to see Mathis or Weege or Swap well especially not Swap anymore we're not going to go there um, but you know what I mean like it's 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 been a it's it's got to be a pretty chill day for you guys like no autograph session um, pretty much the same scenario and obviously this last weekend with the rain coming down for practice you guys are badasses by the way for riding in that but uh, what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's definitely changing the the chill factor. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, from where it normally is because normally you know we're we're off the track. You kind of do a little bit of a team debrief, and then we're immediately to do something else. You know, it's interview here, autograph signing there. You try to squeeze in watching some film, and then you're getting this ready, that ready. And uh, man, this last week it's just so completely chill. I mean, we come back, we have plenty of time to watch film. You know, we'll be able to you know, have any direction you can kind of just do your thing and it definitely makes it a lot less it's kind of nice you know to be honest with you but um having the fan there's nothing like it man i miss that so much when i especially on wednesday night because we were actually reading night instead of during the day like the past times uh on uh it was just you know like you cross the finish line there's no flame no flame i really like you hyped up celebrating guys are doing crazy and just that element, I think we all do. That's fun. There's a special opening ceremonies. You know, there's no opening ceremonies. You just go up to the gate. It is so quiet before the first heat race, and there's you can hear a pin drop out there. And uh, then all of a sudden, they tell us to fire a bike, and we take off. A few minutes. It's definitely weird, um, but everyone's dealing with it all the same. Time. Not going with the yeah, he's done a really good job of making us all comfortable. Uh, we're all safe. They get cautions, but definitely, definitely, really cool trip. Something great. Uh, maybe you know, talk about. Yeah, it's been a while. 
No doubt, man. Uh, like it's 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 been crazy to watch. Uh, honestly, I think the the daytime supercrosses make it almost worse than the night one. It seemed like the night one to me seemed more like a regular supercross. It was under the lights and the whole thing. You didn't really notice that the fans weren't there. But the the daytime stuff, like literally, just looks like practice, like a, like a really intense practice. Uh, and and it's all, it's for all the marbles. Um, pretty wild to see. Um, yeah, like the, there's no fans, no opening ceremonies. Uh, like basically pulls a lot away from the whole experience um like you yourself do you like do you need that to sort of like get up and like get excited or like uh, like like obviously you guys warm up and, and you've been racing for a long period of time but uh has that has that like sort of affected your uh sort of ability to just be able to switch things on and, and go as quickly as you need to uh yes and no i mean at the end of the day we try to show up and you know be as focused as we can and there's a task at hand and uh you know we got to go out and do our job but uh, at the end of the day, man, it, it was easier in the program. During the day, it just seems so just too back. You know, it's not it doesn't seem as hyped up. And, you know, it's, it's just there's nothing like racing for life. I went yeah. to it ever since I was a little guy. I, would, I was going to practice, and my dad always told me I was faster when it was dark for some reason. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I don't know why. I, just, I, I love that. that um, I've loved it since I was a little guy. So uh, it was definitely easier today because it felt a little more normal. You know, yes, the fans were still missing, but uh, still not even got a little pumped up and uh, ready to go. And during these day ones, it almost seems like we're at an outdoor, you know, but we're at a supercross. <laughs> and yeah. Especially the first one because it was like 96 degrees. And uh, the last one, obviously, kind of a little bit of raining and having to in a supercross. Uh, they're just kind of weird during the daytime program, to be honest. But it is when you get done, you come back and you have a normal dinner and you know, relax a little bit the rest of the day. But, uh, I'm just I'm a big fan of the night races. I like them a lot better, and uh, they're, they're definitely a lot more fun for me. 100. percent I know even from myself, my experience with football growing up, like I was uh, like spoiled that our the team I played for uh, right up until I was 22, uh, we had we were under the lights, and every Friday night it was under the lights fans in the stands like completing a pass looks a way cooler uh under under the lights i don't know why that is but uh um yourself really good friends with uh one justin bogle uh someone that we've been kind of thinking about in the last couple of months here uh he's been dealing with some uh i I, from what i understand some concussion issues uh or at least some health issues uh that's kept him away from racing uh obviously a huge really good friend of yours like would you be able to give us any type of sort of update on uh, Justin or uh, like a, a, a vague description of how he's doing lately, man? Because we haven't heard too much from him. Hope he's doing all right. Uh, yeah, you kind of hit the head, really. He was just uh, having a crash up being kind of just picked it up a little bit. You know, from, uh, you know concussion-related symptoms. It was, uh, you know, kind of a scary time. It's kind of scary when you hit your head like that kind of struggling with, you know, even a month or two after it's, you know, usually not, not a, not a good thing. So, um, he, he was just, you know, taking his time, making sure he's healthy and, you know, help us first when it comes to any, you know, we got a lot of life to live when we're done racing. And I think that's important to, to all of us. I think, I think we'd be dumb if we, uh, are living for this and this only. I mean, yes, this is life and, you know, we all enjoy it, of course, but, uh, there's a lot of life to live afterwards. And I think it was just one of those things, you know, it kind of was, uh, just a nasty injury it, it just took a lot longer than i think he thought and you know some of the people around thought uh, he's been riding a little bit here lately um he's actually been at, at, at robbie's in oklahoma being able to put in some laps 
and stuff like that. So that, that made me pretty happy to see, um, you know, kind of getting back to normality a little bit, I, I think, for him. But he seems to be well. And, uh, I'm happy for him, man, whether what no matter what um, is going on. But I'm, I'm kind of glad he's a little bit over, you know, that head injury stuff. It seems like he's back on the right track and things are normal. And uh, at least he's able to ride his dirt bike a little bit. So that made me pretty happy. But, uh, yeah, other than that, there's, there's not really much to say. Just struggling with that a little bit. But it uh, seems to be better now. There you go, man. Well, I really hope that that is the case. Uh, concussion symptoms, no, nothing that anybody wants to deal with, especially in the long run. Hopefully that he's feeling better and we'll see him uh, back behind the gate of a uh, pro motocross race in the short order. Um, Colt Nichols on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Like I said, you're a repeat offender and we'll definitely catch up with you again as the uh, the story progresses. Uh, love, love the new number on the motorcycle, my friend. Uh, looking good on and off the bike. People have been asking you about the earring all like, a ton. It's got, like you said off air, it's got more attention than your results lately, which is kind of concerning. Uh, but uh, any comment on that whatsoever? <laughs> I know, like you're you're a guy who's always like you're like people are going to be dressing up like uh, like Colt Nichols. Colt Nichols isn't dressing up like anybody. If that, if you know what, I, if I understand, if you kind of get where I'm coming from. Although I think that like, that style is almost kind of like a throwback to like a Dion Sanders in the mid '90s sort of thing. So I like it I, as a Dion fan and an Atlanta uh, Falcons fan. I, I, I'm a fan of that uh, that whole look and what you got going on there. It's it's been turning some heads lately. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I had too much time on my hands, to be honest. And uh, okay. I don't know. I just woke up one day and said, I'm going to go get my ears pierced today. <laughs> okay. I did it. And, uh, yeah, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. You know, I enjoy, uh, you know, doing that and making um, this just have fun. And, you know, so I'm like I can be myself. And whether people do that or not, is I, I don't really care. You know, I'm just out here kind of doing what I think is cool and what I enjoy. And if I like it, I'm going to do it. And if I don't, then I'm not going to tell you otherwise. So, <laughs> Just one of the things I, I thought it was pretty cool and something I wanted to do, and uh, yeah, definitely. Everyone has something to say, regardless. But uh, that doesn't bother me. I'm out here having fun and riding my dirt bike and uh, look process, so it ain't nothing to me. Fair enough, my friend. Well, I appreciate your originality. Last question before I let you go. Uh, yesterday, it was uh, raining uh, about as hard here it was as it was in Utah, so I took the day to uh, catch up on a few uh, old motocross videos I hadn't pulled out in quite some time. One of the uh, one of my favorites was the uh, Terra Firma Greatest Hits Volume 1, I believe. Uh, one of my favorite videos. Uh, what's one that you played over and over and over again? Uh, I don't know, or, or were you one of those kids that watched motocross videos, uh, like kind of like a in, in in rapid succession? Which ones were were your favorites? Yeah, definitely all the Terra Firmas because those had Raynard in it. So mm-hmm. I mean, I watched every one of those up and down because he usually had a really cool piece in there. Um, I don't okay. remember exactly numbers wise which one they are, but there was always the ones, uh, you know, of Robbie that were just, I just thought they were the coolest things ever. You know, him and Dowd riding up quick after the race. And then I think him and Lamson at Washougal at one of them. And uh, then he had a piece where he was at his dad's house in Oklahoma. And then he had another one where he's at 59th and Douglas riding, which was a track that I was growing up. And I just thought those were awesome. And then also the Guy Cooper story. There was a movie about Guy Cooper on, that right. I had on the, uh, VH1, and it was honestly a really, really good movie. I wore that on out because he was another idol of mine as well. And then, uh, yeah, just any movie that I could really get my hands on that was dirt bike related, I watched it. I mean, like, there at the end, it was, you know, the chapter one videos that were made. 
Um, yeah. You know, any of the crusty videos I thought were awesome. And, I mean, all those were sick. I, I played yeah. them out to where I Were you a great outdoors guy? Much, so. No. Yeah, I loved the great outdoors. You had those two. Um, watched a lot. Anything I could, like I said, get my hands on, I, I watched it growing up for sure. Okay, cool, cool. Because uh, obviously being up in Canada, we're, we're full-blown winter for six months of the year. So that's basically how I, all I could do to stay connected to the sport, uh, aside from uh, going to Verb Moto uh, to every single uh, two seconds. Um, you mentioned a track there, and I don't want to keep you a little bit longer, but uh, is it 59th and Douglas? I, I've heard tons of stories about that track. Even uh, Travis Pastrana saying that there's local guys that go to that track and would wax him. Uh, what what's your best story from that track? Yeah, that was honestly maybe one of them. Back that uh, Travis showed up to a race with Robbie there whenever I was probably you know six or seven, and okay. obviously Travis was huge at the time. I mean, he was the man, and uh, he showed up, and I think he got fourth, and uh, completely got it to him. And he, I mean, there was just so many local guys there that were so good. I mean, Johnny Harley rode there all the time. He was so nasty at 59th and Douglas, and Robbie was really, really, really fast there. I mean, he was just the man. Um, but there were some really, really good dudes there. I mean, we had a such a, it was just such a fun track. I mean, it was the track to go to because Robbie would show up at a at a Friday night race, like random as hell. You're like, why are you here? But yet he's there racing, and you know, at the time he was Factory Cowie or whatever, and he would still be there. So, um, man, that was just, it was such a cool place, and I had the most iconic. Uh, called it the tunnel jump and it was just this ginormous roller then I had another roller you know maybe a hundred yards out and it was a turning jump and uh, Robbie jumped the first time and I just was sitting there in awe like this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. he just it looked you know eight, eight high. And who knows the jump was probably small now looking back on it but um, it was in every one of those different movies they leave the one that had that footage of 59th and Douglas and um, man, it was just, it was a really, really cool place. Me and Bogle grew up racing there, and we had a lot of battles there when we were super young before everything moved over to, to racing at Cooperland, which we had immense battles there as well, all the way up through, and we kind of took off on big bikes. But that was the place growing up. That was, uh, everybody went to 59th and Douglas. And Clifford out of Dante used to race there all the time. Johnny Marley, okay. Robbie. Wow, there's some names. Uh, yeah, a bunch, a bunch of local guys. Yeah, I mean, it was anybody that was anybody went there and raced around where we were and it was it was epic for sure that's cool man well i, I appreciate some extra time here on the big mx radio podcast brought to you by medterra cbd um best of luck to the for the remaining rounds enjoy utah 10 days to sort of uh uh in, enjoy park city or maybe some mountain bike riding uh and just drink in that scenery uh really cool for you guys to be up there and uh, uh pumped to see you doing as well as you have been well, thanks, Brad. I appreciate it, my man. It's always good catching up. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.